podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Jessica Keats, the author of Flow, The Beginning is Upon Us. The premise of her book is a time far, far away, a time when life was much simpler and the process of life was easy. We are currently experiencing moments where we briefly remember this time, and then the cloud of what life has become is rolled over us again. It is a time period we are beginning to know could be possible for our future. There was a time, a time when the world was in flow. We were at the height of who we are as a creation. The universe surrounded us, held us, and together we moved forward. This time period was built on flow, and each of us lived our daily lives in flow. We listened to guidance and followed that guidance precisely. There was great abundance and everyone had what was meant for them. We worked from a place of purpose and accomplished amazing things together and on our own. In fact, we were so much a part of flow, it became a part of us, and there was no way to distinguish the difference. We were flow, and flow was us, and because of this, we experienced true ecstasy. A change occurred. We got caught, and the ease of flow broke. Once it broke, it continued to break, and we slowly but surely fell out of flow and into struggle. Struggle, figuring it out on our own, making it work, working hard, pushing forward. The ease was gone, and the struggle began, and we quickly forgot about flow. Generation after generation was born, and each remembered less and less about flow and about our true way of existence. Jessica's book is a gift to help us remember, a gift to help us find flow again, a gift to wake us up to our potential and to lessen the fear and misunderstanding we have created. Jessica Keats is an international healer, intuitive, and medium consulting with individuals and businesses to increase and maximize their potential. Known for her ability to make profound change in a person's mind, body, and soul within two to three sessions, Jessica is renowned for healing limiting beliefs, fears, and past traumas so her clients improve physically and emotionally while reaching new heights professionally. Her profound abilities of healing, intuition, and strategy make her the best-known secret weapon behind the success of powerful people, entrepreneurs, and professionals. Jessica lives in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and plays worldwide traveling with her clients and groups to explore the evolutional healing potential the world has to offer. Here is the interview with Jessica Keats. 
Year Onwards. Who is Jessica Keats? Yeah, Jessica Keats is a follower. Yeah, that's the first word that comes in. A follower of the Word of God, of space and time. Those are the words coming to me right now. So there's that part of me. Then you break it down and I am a wife. I'm a mother. I have a 21-year-old son. I was an early mom. Um, I'm a daughter, of course. I'm a businesswoman. I have background, a growing background of uh, business accomplishments. And so I'm known very well in the business community where I live. I'm a leader. Yeah. Before we talk about some of the topics in your book, Flow, The Beginning is Upon Us, I have a few warm-up questions, as I mentioned off record. The first one is, it had to be this one. What is flow, Jessica? So flow uh, to me or communicated to me is a state of being in alignment with one's purpose and also the goals and the uh, purpose of the entire universe. So it's kind of like stepping into a stream that's already there and letting go of your own will, I guess, your own will to a certain extent, like your will becomes that of a community or um, of something much bigger and allowing yourself to move along with it freely. So what is life to you? Would you connect life itself to flow? I would now, yes. I would say that, you know, life in its most meaningful way is, you know, one and the same as flow. I think that we all have an intelligent purpose that we're brought here to contribute and that we have meaningful skills that are meant to be fostered and contributed to the whole. And and I think that life is not so individual. It's very um, purposeful and, uh, and collaborative. What would you say is the opposite of life? Uh, stagnation, I think. Stagnation or, um, you know, staying in the same spot, thinking you're checking off life boxes and that's, that's kind of um, what it's all about and, and really missing this um, aliveness that's possible, this this contribution that you can you can have and be a part of and feel almost the excitement of um, the excitement of possibility, right? So it's it's just like standing still. <laughs> like a lot of people might think about death as the opposite of life, but in a way, stagnation would be that. Yeah. What is your idea of a simple life? To me, a simple life is uh, knowing one's purpose and following their intuition. It really takes a lot of the guesswork out. Um, it takes a lot of the complexity away. It takes a lot of this feeling that we have to figure it out on our own, which makes things very difficult. And it it allows us to just relax, to to be purposeful and yet extremely relaxed in it. So that to me is the simplicity of life. Like when we are on the flow, there's this component of embracing what we don't know. 
Exactly. It's embracing not only what we don't know, but allowing ourselves to create more instances of us not knowing, like more scenarios, right? So we're we're embracing it and we're contributing to the creation of it. And this is how we move into and, and we really um, start to flow with ease inside of that stream of flow. So how do we overcome the fear of surrendering to what is, to life itself? Yeah, how do we? So like in my work, I work with a lot of people um, to heal that fear, right? So essentially in my work, you know, it's first things first, let's allow a person's purpose to surface because when they can feel almost like a breath of who they could be and what could be possible, they then will be more contribute that like more able to let go of the fear. And so a lot of my work is about backing the fear away slowly to allow a bigger expansiveness of what's possible and to arise until they're fi- until people are finally allowed to uh, able to let go of their fear. And it be it is a like at the center of it, you know, there's a lot of surface fears that we have, but at the center of it is really a fear of stepping into the unknown, a fear of um, letting a part of us die and allowing a part of us to live. That's another kind of fear, right? Death. So we don't want certain parts of us that have served us. We kind of, we tend to hold on to those. Perhaps we don't, we don't need to let them go completely, but perhaps add, would you say adding new ideas or new beliefs before we surrender? Yeah, it's exactly that. We are more, as human beings, we are more um, open when we can see a possibility. We are more open to letting go of something, right? So it's, it's you know, um, a lot of um, talk about change. They talk about, you know, adding something rather than removing it right away, right? And so let's add in what's possible to open ourselves up. And so for for those that maybe don't have access to a healer, it's can you become part, you know, invite yourself into conversations where people are talking about like potential and possibility and they're they're talking about, you know, new ways of creating social constructs that if we can think about it and it rings true in some visceral part of ourselves, even that starts to open up the door and and the fear inside of us starts to shrink, right? And so um, these can be some of the initial steps that one can take to um, begin to make room for letting go. Yeah, that makes so much sense to me because like you said, it's step by step. But another question so that came to mind was about purpose. So finding our purpose it has to do with that, with this process of overcoming fear or open up to life. So how do we know, how do we find our purpose? I think many of, of us already have an inkling of some of our character traits. So like some of the character traits that contribute to our purpose. And so there's some information there for us. And in fact, when, you know, a lot of my clients that I work with, they'll say to me when, you know, I 
tell them because I, I speak to their spirit, right? And their spirit tells me who they are. And when I read it out to them, they go, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense because of this and this and this, right? And so there's, we all already know that there's something calling us, but we think it's, we think it's maybe weird or we think it's, um, we don't, we, we don't value ourselves, so we we kind of squash it down or keep it hidden. And these are some of the things that are our best traits. And so I think the first thing that a person can do to really get to their purpose is to start to value themselves um, in such a way that they are the you know most important person to themselves, right? And as they start to value themselves and they value their contributions, they will allow these gifts that they have to to spring forth. Yeah, that also makes a lot of sense. Do you connect valuing ourselves to self-love? Yes, I actually call it like, I have a self-first mentality. <laughs> so, you know, like I, I look at, you know, what am I needing, wanting, um, you know, what soothing do I need, right? Like what, what are, my, are my needs met? And then I can contribute to the outside world because my tank is full, right? And instead of looking to other people to contribute that to me, to take care of my needs, I manage that myself. Um, and then when people contribute, it's like, it's like cherries on top, right? It's like, oh, cool, you're contributing, but I'm not, I'm not in a deficit in terms of being properly looked after. I don't know, it comes to mind this idea of uh, trusting ourselves, our intuition. And by creating this inner trust, then everything else is possible. It is. That is the journey. It's it's literally like turning inwards, assessing our own needs, wants, and desires, and answering them to then hear our own intuition and trust it. Um, and even in that that relationship, you'll start to see what actually needs to be shed or healed, right? Because you you're really becoming aware of yourself in a whole new way. So, continue with my warm up questions. I have a few more of them. What is the meaning of freedom to you? Oh, let go is the word that comes. So it's like it's like no holding on to anything, right? Like there's there's no. We're not holding on to any idea or concept or uh, way of being. We're just, we're free of those kind of constructs, right? So it's like, we don't hold anything so closely that it boxes us in. Right. Yeah, such a powerful word, isn't it? Freedom. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? Do you have a vision for a new reality? Yes, the greatest need that we the world has is to have its inhabitants connected, listening to their intuition, um, healing their uh, what's holding them back and what's keeping them from flow and ease. I think that if we were to all do that, the world would continue like continue to elevate its vibration, and in that the 
ones that are able to do that the easiest will continue to raise the vibration of the world and that will affect the ones that are having um, are taking it slower, let's say, <laughs> or having resistance to it. Um, and I do, I see that, and I didn't always, but now I see that there's a complete possibility that we are moving into a new system of things being easeful um, and that it can take a long time or it could take a short time, but that all depends on our willingness, right? Uh, we often think about the soul, the spirit, the creator, God. What is intuition? Can you explain that, Jessica, more precisely? Mm-hmm. So... Intuition itself, so we're talking about like the gut feeling or the knowing that you have is a contribution, like it's a a coupling of awareness of the outside of us um, being translated into something we can understand cognitively, right? And so that gut feeling or that intuition or that knowing is ours. And the more we align with our spirit, so our spirit aligns with the physical aspect of us, making us like a functioning soul, if you will. That's how I kind of look at it. The stronger that gets, the more we trust ourselves, the stronger that gets. Um, And then there's this other part of it, which is then like almost guidance, which is a little different where it's like there's information coming into you that's coming from another source, right? And so it's it's like, so when I say, oh, I'm hearing this word, that's not my intuition. That's not a knowing of mine. This is something communicated, right? And And that also improves when we do those things as well, right? When we trust ourselves. And when we trust ourselves, we trust what we're receiving. So we know that that word needs to get shared or that sentence needs to get shared, right? That's a very interesting way. I love that word, knowing. What are some of the ways that we can identify that voice, that knowing when it's there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we're getting deeper into it. So some of the signs, uh, so people have different ways, right? They have either like this, this kind of visceral knowing, or they have sensations that they're feeling in their body, or they have like sometimes a visual or sometimes an auditory Yeah, it feels very visceral to me. Like it feels very like something in my body. It is a little subtler. So like I can remember when my brain was very loud and also I didn't trust it. So therefore it felt like something besides me. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't with me. It was like something outside of me. And as I started to heal and trust myself, it was like I married with that piece, which I think is probably the marrying of the physical of us and our spirit, right? Because it's really our spirit, you know, who is able to move around and gather a lot of information and context and then translate that to us if we're willing to accept it. And so as the the more I trusted, the more I tuned into it, the deeper it got until now it's almost like, I am the one that knows, like I am running on intuition all the time. Like it, it's just this knowing. I think the signs are that we, we don't feel centered. We don't feel like we're making decisions 
um, based on our best interests. We're making decisions based on a lot of concepts that we're bringing together. Um, We may find ourselves, in fact, in scenarios over and over and over again that are very similar. Um, We may have health issues. We may have... um, you know, like an aspect to us, like mentally, that is just feels very unstable um, and untrustworthy. And I think, I think that's how far we get away from our truth or our potential. Right? Is like, it's how unwell we actually are. It resonates the part when you say the knowing is very much connected to the body, so we are able to feel. So my next warm up question is about love. What is love to you? It's a state of being. We think of it often as an action, you know, like there are actions that show love, but it's a state of being. So it's like a result of of things, not um, actions that we take. Sometimes we interpret, you know, we can cognitively say, oh, X does this and that means they love me. But it's when we, when we actually love ourselves unconditionally, we then love the world unconditionally because there is no separation. But the longer we stay away from loving ourselves, we're still looking at love like actions, right? And, and when, we, when we can love ourselves fully, then it becomes a state of being and we just know that we love everybody. What, where, and who is God to you? I think I've been connected to God since being born. So I guess my earlier self would think that it's something that is in, like, it's everywhere. And there is no place for it, really. Um, It's in a lot of places. And in some places, it's a little less in there, right? And some places, it's a little more in there. So it's everywhere. And it feels very, um, like, grounded and uh, the energy of it is very grounded and full and complete. And it is, uh, it like, it brings up emotion in me when I think about that or when I experience it as an experience on earth. And so who is God? God, God, I believe... I, I don't know. Maybe I'm still evolving in this space because I would have said like God is like an, an entity, but then I wonder if there's like a a marriage of this universal energy and God coming together for me. So I think I'm still maybe awakening to, you know, what is all of this stuff? But I have felt that like God itself is like a little different than the overall energetic <laughs> energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. It might be a mystery, right? Ultimately. Do you see a difference between spirituality and religion? Yes. Mm -hmm. As somebody who is both, uh, yes, I do. So spirituality to me is your connection to God. It's it's like, um, it's what we're born with. We're born with spirituality. And then um, religion itself is like, it's... It's a construct is the word that I want to, or I'm being kind of guided to use as a construct. And and it's a place for um, spiritual people to live, like to belong, that match in ideas that, you know, um, especially for, you know, for many centuries, it's been people that follow a certain ideology, right? And so, so I do see them as being different and yet they... They go together. 
Like you can't, you can't just be religious. You also need to be spiritual. And you, even if you are spiritual, you still want to belong to a group. So what, what is the ideology or where is the place that you feel matches? Yeah. When you say spiritual, what comes to mind is like, um, what is not spiritual? Like you said, you're born with it. Yeah, you are already. But I understand this idea of having groups and belonging to an institution because it connects better with your way of navigating this reality somehow. What do you think is the ultimate purpose of the human experience? Hmm. To be, capital B, capital E. (laughs) (laughs) To be, to be on, to be purposeful and to be free, to be purposeful, to be free, to be able to move freely. So let's talk about your work. And my first question uh, had to be this one. How did you become a writer? I think that I always knew I would write something. I probably toyed with it quite a bit, you know, in and out of uh, school projects and stuff. And and I knew, I had a, quite a feeling that I would write something, like some book at some point in time. You know, and many kind of ideas floated through at certain times, but never really developed. I wasn't particularly uh, ready to write this book. So like, it wasn't like it had been, you know, something in my head for a while. And then it was like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) by the way, you're writing a book now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I I wouldn't even call myself a writer. You know, like I wouldn't even put that label on myself. I would say that this was on purpose for me. This is about me being, and this is a message that needed to go out. And that's it, period. Hard stop. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I really like this idea. Like you keep saying flowing and just being more intuitive. So we do things. We're not thinking too much about it. There's no like this longstanding plan. We simply follow the heart. I have to ask you this question too. How did you discover that you were a healer, intuitive and medium? I think I always knew I was a bit intuitive. So I always knew I knew, uh, I definitely used it to know things about myself or my future. And sometimes I would get information about other people that would come through. So I probably knew I was intuitive. The healing part only really occurred when I had started, you know, I was an instructor and then um, a yoga teacher and then a yoga therapist. And as I was working one-on-one with people in private sessions, that's where I realized I was doing something other than just the mechanical movement. And so people would, my clients would describe something else occurring. And that's when I had to take notice that potentially, you know, being in vicinity of me was (laughs) contributing to some sort of experience. Um, And then I explored that further. Being a medium though, I only in the last six months recognized that in myself um, and recognized that when I'm healing, it's my spirit speaking to their spirit. And in that, 
I can hear spirits, right? <laughs> so like, um, and because I have heard spirits of deceased people before, but that was very few and far between. Not every, you know, deceased relative needs to help out all the time. So I would, you know, there would be few and far between. So I wouldn't qualify myself as a medium. And then when I realized, oh, the action that is happening when I'm healing people is actually this, this conversation that's having happening spirit to spirit that I'm privy to, then I use the term medium because it's actually happening all the time. And and I realized that I'm listening to a message from the tree or from the city or from the building in front of me, right? Like, um, and in that way, I really started to build on this idea of like, oh yeah, I guess that's what you would call me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it the same as channeling, Jessica? Yeah, it is. It's definitely channeling. It's channeling some information from from another source. And then you mentioned this channeling, uh, connecting with the deceased people on the other side. I'd like to understand that better. What is the purpose? Do they help us? What is the reason for that communication? Sometimes it's that there's a an attachment that needs to be released, you know, especially with family members. And sometimes, you know, early on when I was learning a lot, um, it would be that uh, a family member who happened to be attached was also had like a very big gift and could teach me something, right? So by showing up and kind of guiding me, then I was able to learn, oh, okay, this is this thing that I'm not understanding or looking at. So in the beginning, there was some of that happening. And now it's it's usually when there's an attachment that needs to be released um, in order for both spirits to be free, right? So both spirits to to move on and uh, and let go. Well, that's such a fascinating area that I don't have any experience with. That's why I ask the question. So I guess I'll ask you this question too about your book. What was the intention of writing your book, Flow? The intention was that there was a message that needed to be delivered in a specific timing. So it was just after or just during Ramadan of 2019. So, you know, we're doing as Muslims, we do uh, fasting for 30 days and uh, a lot of cleansing, a lot of like spirituality is happening. And um, I was approached by a teaching faculty of um, something called Transformation TV. They're out of the UK. They were interested in me coming on as teaching faculty. And the first step is kind of writing a book. For some reason, my intuition was like, yes, you're you're doing this, like do it. And I was like, but I don't have a book. Like I don't, like, <laughs> there's no there's no book. Um, and it was like, but you know, I trust my intuition. So I did it. I signed up, I paid the fee, I, you know, got onboarded and then literally a book started and I didn't know what the title was. In fact, it, it just was like very clear, even when to sit and write it, it was very clear of like, you're going to sit during this time of day and that time of day, because that's when things move fast. And there's only like 20 minutes, like get in there, get what's coming for you to be written. And then like, that's it for the day. Right. And so it was really, um, and it felt like the intention was twofold. It was to 
electrify and advance my own healing and evolution. And then also to, because it had to match, like I, like this is my first time talking about this book, which means that there was so much evolution that I needed to do in order to represent the message that was coming through in this book. Um, And then there was an intention that, and and at the same time, you know, as the intention became very, um, uh, like I became cognizant of it, I realized that, oh, wow, like there, this book is really telling us that there's a huge change coming and like, please look under that rock of yourself and look at what's kind of sticky and not willing to change. Um, and so it's really like a very, um, at time it can feel intense, right? It's like, it's very specific and directly to the point of um, what could be holding us back from accepting this change. And this is a very interesting conversation to have. I'll be asking you that question about the obstacles. But before that, talk to me about the time when we wore flow and flow was us. And how is that time different from what we are living today? I love that the book starts out with this. So this is in the pro, the prologue. So it's right in the beginning where it talks about, and I think now being a year away from uh, writing this this piece is that when we know we're going to somewhere we've already been, we're a little less hesitant, right? Mm, so so it's much. like saying like, you may not completely remember this, but we used to be a, like a civilization that was highly in tune, um, listened to our intuition, um, was in flow with each other. And so if you will, like if you can imagine it, it's like we as people, you know, we're moving and we're listening to our intuition and and so much great things are coming out of it, right? Because everybody is kind of on purpose. Um, and so, so that we have been there and we have moved away from there and we have created more of a struggly place, more of this hardworking, we really have to like get it done um, sort of attitude. And um, or like this, uh, I was talking to a client today, this, uh, you know, that things are, are not easy, right? That things are... Um, yeah, and so and so we've kind of been both places and and we haven't really this hasn't really worked out. Like we've been here for quite a while in this like I got to work hard place um and nothing comes easy um and and so are you willing to let that go like in <laughs> Yeah. It sounds yeah. so simple, right? Jessica to just let go of that idea. Yeah. Well, of course, as soon as you feel it, you go, ooh, yeah, why do we want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. it doesn't make sense even. Yeah. So how did we forget? And what are the obstacles to remembering that we are flow? Yeah, I think we forgot because, um, you know, it's just over time, right? So like the more that this idea of needing to work hard and struggle 
occurred, the more it happened, the more it happened, the less we could remember. Uh, I don't think we intentionally tried to forget. It just time, right? Um, and I think we'll see this on the other side of it, right? We'll forget this time period. <laughs> like we may have, you know, books now because we're very good at recording stuff. We may have information that talks about it, but we will eventually move on and forget. Like you and I, we will, you know, what we, who we pass this information on to, like the more and more it goes, the less people remember another way of being. But I think that being busy, being too Mm, busy, (laughs) right? It goes back to that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Being too busy, you know, trying to figure it all out by ourselves. I think that's the biggest obstacle. Um, And not taking ourselves into account, right? So like this outside world without really contributing to ourselves ever, right? So when we ignore ourselves, we ignore our purpose. We ignore who we are as human nature, So this focus outwards and then being too busy to even like, and part of that is like not wanting to look inwards, of course, but these two things I think are our obstacles. You said this energy of change is bringing with it peace and destruction. And then you say the energy of change is on the move, bringing peace and understanding. How is this energy of change bringing destruction? In what way? It's breaking down what we've believed. So it's it's essentially destroying those things. So in, in that place in the book, that's what it's talking about, right? It's saying that um, it's bringing with it peace and destruction, meaning that peace is arising and also the destruction of all of the things that we thought are true that are not true. Um, and then it goes on, we go on to talk about in the book about how um, this destruction of what we believe to be true, you know, it's going to break it apart. So um, this energy, this energy change is going to break this, these ideas apart. And this may lend to more like chaos leaking out of us, right? Because we as humans, we'll resist the breaking down of these um, ideas. You know, some of them have served us. Some of them, some of them have made us a lot of money, right? Like these, these ideas and, and as they get broken down, we won't, you know, we won't always be like, we won't quickly make the change, right? So we'll start to like, you know, there'll be some chaos that kind of happens. And so, so that's kind of what is, you know, being talked about in the book here. Yeah. Because, yeah, we tend to hold on to things that have served us. And truth is always changing in a way. It does. And I think that we're going to see a lot of mass, massive, this word that comes, a lot of massive change. You know, for for each of us up until this point, you know, each of us evolved or are in a process of evolving. And we kind of get to a point where we realize, oh, when when a way of thinking or being starts to irritate us, that's when it's not serving us anymore, right? Um, but I think that this will happen much faster now. Um, and so for those of us that are aware and able to go, oh, look what's coming up now. <laughs> like, we'll be able to address those fast. And um, 
And for those less aware, you know, all of us are out there, you know, doing things like this, you know, having uh, talks that are public, uh, made public, and then, um, you know, writing and, you know, speaking and, 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 and gathering people to kind of say all of these really meaningful things that need to get say, like, let go. It's, it's okay if that's not true. Like, it's like, I'm over here and look, I'm fine. It's good. <laughs> right. That's a great way of, yeah, for remembering. So by listening to those voices, right, we that reinforces that trust within. I have a few more questions for you. I call them final questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Um, I think that I would love to read that bit in the prologue. So... Um, there was a time when life was much simpler and the process of life was easy. We are currently experiencing moments where we briefly remember this time and then the cloud of what life has become is rolled over us again. It is a time period we are beginning to know could be possible for our future. In this time, the world was in flow we were at the height of who we are as a creation. The universe surrounded us, held us, and together we moved forward. This time period was built on flow and each of us lived our daily lives in flow. We listened to guidance and followed that guidance precisely. There was great abundance and everyone had what was meant for them. We worked from a place of purpose and accomplished amazing things together and on our own. In fact, we were so much a part of flow, it became a part of us and there was no way to distinguish the difference. We were flow and flow was us. And because of this, we experienced true ecstasy. That's really beautiful. Thank you, Jessica. You're welcome. Uh, what is another word for healing? Letting go. That's essentially what we're doing when we're healing, right? We're, we're saying it's okay not to hold on to this thing anymore. Um, and in that, the physical aspect of it, right? The physical aspect of, the, of what it ha- the toll it has taken on us to hold on to it, um, it begins to heal. Our cells begin to heal. So there's like, there's both, right? It's like this, the beginning of it is the letting go of the non-physical idea of it. And then in that letting go, then our physical body can actually start to heal itself and systems can work better um, and be more in alignment with us. Can you clarify that letting go, it's not the same as giving up? Yeah. I mean, it's going to feel like sometimes giving up, you know, and sometimes, you know, those like breakdown breakthroughs or like those transformational <laughs> moments it it doesn't always feel like you know a hop skip and a jump it's uh, sometimes True. it does feel <laughs> like we're really we're really yeah. tired of it and we give up right like we mm. give up doing this and sometimes sometimes those are the moments that actually change us the most because we actually call out in to the universe we use our voice and we're like i don't want to do this anymore like i just i give up whatever is contributing to this scenario <laughs> do not want it um and so sometimes it does feel like giving up something um 
And then, you know, as we get a bit more experienced with letting go, it feels a little like, oh yeah, sure. I don't, I don't want that anymore. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier. Yeah. It's easier, right? It's just, you just go, oh, right. We're letting go of that. But in the beginning, I think for, for many, it it does feel like a, I have to give something up um, in order to get to a place that's better that I, that I want to actually be. And so it can feel a bit like, like a little bit of turmoil inside, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I read somewhere somebody mentioned, let go and let God. That might be that idea. So you're not just giving up, but you're opening the door to something greater to come yes. in. Right? Always, right? Yeah. So two more questions for you. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? <sighs> the word, uh, words... Um, I would flow through. So I think that, you know, as all of us, we're still evolving. And so even me, I deepen my experience with flow. So the change that I hope uh, that I would make is this ability to flow through. And then therefore, when I do die and loss of the body happens, I flow through easily, right? I just, I know that, I know that after every change, something better occurs, right? Like, so every evolutional change, there's something better that we're moving towards. And so that I would, uh, I would continue my progress with um, being in flow. So therefore I flow through. And my last question, what are three things about life you know for sure as of today? Do you ever have that feeling where you you think there's an answer, but there are no actual language words to it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where you're like, oh, yes, ginormous pause for context that I have no idea what it is. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think I know many things about life that don't have words yet. Yeah, so I think that you're catching me at a time where I've probably evolved or moved to a next level of understanding something, right? And so whatever I would have said yesterday isn't true and therefore cannot say it. And what is occurring hasn't been born yet, so therefore there's no words for it. Um, (laughs) That's where you caught me, yeah. So it has been a, not just meaningful conversation, but very peaceful and deep in many ways, profound. Thank you for your presence. I absolutely love your wisdom or the wisdom that flows through you. That's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. I have one more technical question. Where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? So um, you can find me at jessicakeats.com. You can find me on most social media channels uh, as Jessica Keats Healer or Jess Keats Healer. And that's where you'll you'll definitely hear about anything new that's coming up or um, any products that I may have uh, and in the development of, of anything new that's coming. Thank you so much, Jessica. And we'll talk soon. Thank you much, Valeria. It was, it's been really um, a pleasure to speak to you and to um, really dig in um, a, into another level of understanding with you. Thank you, Jessica. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. 
thank you for listening. To learn more about Jessica Keats, please visit her website, jessicakeats.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.